It's the afternoon delight here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wesley Euler with you until 7 o'clock. We are presented by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. All of our guests here on the afternoon delight are brought to you by the Foxbet app. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Our guest now, as he's kind enough to do at this time every single Monday, our buddy from DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked on Steelers podcast, one of the finest football minds. It just minds in general in this lovely town of Pittsburgh. Mr. Carter, how are you? Are you uh, surviving this winter wonderland in Hoth? And did you have to take a tauntaun out to get supplies this morning? <laughs> I did need my tauntaun to get uh, to you know, go and get my food, but I'm doing all right, Wes. You know, I'm I'm used to this snow and this ice and stuff. I don't like it. I hate it. And everyone's like, "Well, you should move." Like, no, nah, man, I'm willing to put up with it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, but yeah, man, it just you know went out, shoveled it early, put the salt down. So far, it's held, but I know we're supposed to get a lot more this week. So, mm-hmm. uh, are you are you a Four Seasons kind of guy, Chris, or would you, uh, you know, if if you were the master and, and god of the universe, would you make the weather in Pittsburgh better? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if, if I could do anything, I would make Pittsburgh San Diego. Oh, baby. Degrees every single day. So here's what I, if I, you know, if I was, if I was uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Chris, here's what I would do. We would be like San Diego 11 months out of the year, okay? But then December, it would be like a winter wonderland the whole month. Are you with me on that? And then it'd be New Year's, it'd be, mi- it'd be midnight, we'd all wake up on New Year's Day, and it'd be back to, you know, 80 degrees and sunny. But we just get one, we get December, we get snow and cold and Christmas and all that in December. That's fair, that's fair, because I look at it this way, like, I can, because I can put up with winter for a month, but it's around this time when it's February, and look, it's Black History Month, man, and black people don't like ice too much, so come on now, <laughs> give us a break. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast with us here on the Afternoon Delight. Uh, buddy, since we last spoke, some pretty significant news uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the retirement of Marquise Pouncey, a guy who has meant so much to the organization, the center, the anchor of the offensive line uh, over the last decade plus. Uh, man, Chris, what does this mean for the Steelers in the short term? And then obviously, you know, what's the, the, the trickle-down effect of this as well? Well, to me, Wes, this was one of the must-happen moves for the offseason. Unfortunately, Pouncey just isn't his normal Pro Bowl, All-Pro self that, Steelers fans came to know and love over the past decade. He wasn't dominating an A-gap. He couldn't be a reliable pole blocker out in space. Uh, and, and, I mean, the, the snap over Ben Ted was, you know, that was just kind of another side of, you know, he's, he's gotten up there. And, and it's tough because you look at it like, like, man, he's not that old, but when you look at all the beatings that he's taken, all the, the surgeries he's had yeah. to get done, the injuries he's had, that takes a toll on you, especially when you're a lineman and you're a physical lineman like Pouncey, who you know has made a career after getting after guys. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it was it, it was needed. I mean, the eight million dollars that he frees up, you know, it, we still don't know what the model will be for the upcoming salary cap. You know, some people have it at 180 million, some people have 185 million. But even if you lowball it, even if you go with the worst possible situation of just 180 flat. You're still looking at the Steelers being down to almost twenty million dollars in over the cap, which means now when you restructure Ben, you restructure Cam, maybe you get Hayden or Nelson or DeCastro, or you, you you restructure just a few guys that you know are team guys that you know that want to be around, then all of a sudden you're cleared the cap space. 
and you're good to go sign Zach Banner and Cam Sutton and get these other guys back. And that's where this pouncing move had to happen. You know, he, he was the other, the only way that it was, this would have been able to work is if he took a huge discount and, I think at Pouncey's point of his career, he's taken enough beatings and it is where it was just kind of like, you know what? It ain't worth to take that to pay for this little, for this much pain that I'm going to have to go through to play in the NFL. Because people don't see that side of the NFL a lot of weapons. Oh, particularly if you play in the trenches too. Exactly. Like your, like your knees and then how you walk and how you got to do. And then you see a lot of players, like you saw Alan Fanica when he got, you know, when he got his hall of fame, not complete body transformation. Exactly, and and it happened quickly after he retired. Like he, he worked he worked his way into being you know to losing all that weight, yep. all that stuff. It, it hurts. It sticks with you. And you know, I, I think Marquise is just like you know what? If I can't make the money that I I think I deserve to make, I'm going to stay and, and fight at the the level of my career that I'm at. Then I'm going to retire. So I, I mean, you know, blessings to him. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it had to happen for the Steelers. And now, if they can keep making a few more moves. They could be back in a situation where they could pay, pay some people and, and, keep, and, and uh, keep building around this current squad. Certainly. Chris, I feel like I say this every time, every Monday when I have you on, but more questions and more questions, but certainly we will be getting some answers here sooner rather than later as we're about a month from the league calendar turning over to the new league year and the beginning of free agency and all those other things. Obviously, Chris, I think after a lot of us had the initial reaction to Marquis Pouncey retiring and – my goodness, by the way, buddy. Uh, hold on real quick. Before I ask you this next question, because I'm totally doing the chasing the shiny silver object thing here. Chris, sure. if, you, if you just retired at age 31 with tens of millions of dollars in the bank like Marquise Pouncey did, I mean, what would you do with the rest of your life? Oh, man. I mean, you wouldn't be here from me. I'm sorry. Me and my <laughs> twin brother, we'd just be, we'd be partying. Because I think y'all got to remember that you know, Mike, Mike's retiring pretty, you know, at a pretty good uh, level, too. So. Yep. They stack their money up right. They they're gonna be chilling for a while, and then they can come back and do whatever they want. They'll have their own podcast, and they'll you know be on TV or whatever they want to do with the rest of their lives. I mean, and Marquise Pouncey, one thing he was always willing to put his face out there and, and put his put his mouth on the line for the team and uh, be a leader. So I have no doubt that that man's gonna find some great stuff to do with the, with his future. Uh, I'm interested to see what both him and his brother want to do moving forward, but. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I I definitely think that they're they're gonna be straight. If it was me, man, yeah, y'all, yeah, you'd, you'd be like, "Well, Chris, where Chris go? I don't know. He disappeared." Like, well, I'm I'm in I'm in like I'm in, I'm in Thailand chilling. I'd like to think one of two things: that one, you would at least still answer my texts from time to time, and two, you would still show up to run the beer pong table at my house every time, every October oh, for for oh, Euler yeah, Oktoberfest. Oh, oh, yes, sir. You know that's given <laughs> when, when, when I'm in retirement. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, in the Locked On Steelers podcast with me here on the Afternoon Delight, presented by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. Chris, I think after, again, the initial pouncy um, news broke and, and everyone kind of had a, a minute to digest that, I think the first thing people started to think was, okay, was how, how does this relate to Ben Roethlisberger? And this feels like another thing that you and I have talked about every single Monday since the Steelers lost in Super Wildcard Weekend. As we sit here today, you think it's less likely that Ben returns? You think it's the same? It hasn't really changed? How do you evaluate what all this means for number seven? I don't think it's less likely. Um, I know that some people want to look at it and say, well, if Pouncey's his boy, he won't be back. Juju's probably not back. You know, they're probably. I still look at Ben thinking like, man, I don't want to go out with a loss to the Browns in the playoffs. Like, I don't want to make that like the way that I ride into the sunset. And 
I do think he was legit when he said, I'll, I'll play for less money. He has to understand that he can't be the reason that, play, that the Steelers sign players anymore. You know, that was the reason that they invested at wide receiver so much over the past several years. It's the reason why they kept paying their offensive linemen to stick around and keep that group together as long as possible. It's the, you know, it's the reason they invested it you know, to make the offense. They put Randy Feetner at offensive coordinator. You know, they, they, they brought in Todd Haley originally to protect Ben Roethlisberger and to say, get, create an offense that he'll understand and will protect him for the next decade. And then they've done all those things. They've done right by Ben Roethlisberger. And I think he recognizes that he could do right by them and play a little bit longer at a cheaper deal and that and I think also he he has to kind of buy into it if you're looking at this objectively the last time the Steelers won the Super Bowl the, the only time they've won the Super Bowl with him at quarterback is when the defense was running the show hmm. and it was a prime it was it was a balanced offense that could run the ball and pass ball occasionally but didn't need to light up the board they tried to be while they rebuilt the defense over this past over this past you know generation they tried to revamped the offense. They gave them the best running back in football, the best receiver in football, several really good number two receivers, multiple, you know, decent backup running backs. You know, they he had Heath Miller for half the time and they got Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron. They gave him a top five offensive line for quite some time. And just never Ben Roethlisberger just was never going to be the guy that was going to make you a number one offense. And they, they 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 believed in him. They gave him every asset to do it. He just couldn't pull it off even when you gave him you know, uh, you know, offensive coordinators that were able to put some really good plans together. So I, I think the realization now is, hey, Ben, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go back to what we did before. Invest in the defense, invest in the ground game. Mm-hmm. We'll trust you to make the calls when we go through the air, but it's not going to be a pass parade like we've been trying to set up for the past, you know, six, seven years. Well, let me ask you this too then, Chris, kind of as it relates to that. If Ben is back in 2021 – do you try and move forward, you know, maybe just for one year with him with a rookie center or does the priority become man? Like, I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the three toughest positions to be really effective in the NFL as a rookie quarterback center and cornerback. I would say probably those are the hardest to come in, right? There's just so much. There's such a learning curve with those positions. Uh, do you try and go out first and second round and find a center who you think can come in and be the guy right away? Or if it's been for one more year, do you consider maybe a stopgap, uh, somebody in free agency? I don't know, maybe a guy like B.J. Finney, um, a more veteran presence that doesn't have that learning curve in the last year with number seven under center. Well, I don't think so. I think that there's a chance they can find a guy that can, that can play. I, I think the second and third rounds, there'd be some really good prospects for you at center hmm. who could plug in, play a, next to next to a line that's experienced. You keep David DeCastro around because I think he'll provide some stability. Kevin Dotson was looked really good last year. You you invest in a guy who who could, who's the guy who could play right now. You could probably have that rookie center come in, understand the offense, and, and work with you. The only real center that I, I would trust right now to bring in and and start in free agency is Corey Lindsley, and I'm not sure that, so sure that they can afford him. You know, he's looking to cost like $10 million a year. I mean, that would be – if they could pull that off with the restructurings and everything that they're doing right here, that would be an amazing move because then you could draft your center and put them behind Lindsley for the next couple seasons and then feel good about moving that guy around. But another move that could really work for, work for the Steelers is if they draft a center early and maybe draft another one later. Hmm. Um, you know, you, you get, I, I'd say in the first round, you look at either drafting an offensive tackle or running back, whoever you feel falls to you the best of the higher ranking that's who you get 
Then when you get to the second round, you look at your center position. Is Creed Humphrey available? That, that, that'd be my top guy. You know, Quinn Myers is a guy that, that, that's been poking around. He's a guy I might wait until the third round. I'm a little shaky on Landon Dickerson because he's a great player, but he's been hurt a whole lot in yeah. his career. Um, and then, but then there's also Josh Myers from Ohio State. I'd be comfortable with any of those guys being a starter on the offensive line next year, provided you know you keep the rest of the offensive line intact. Um, and that that would be reasonable. And then you could come back to the center position in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. And, and you know, a guy that you know that I think people aren't talking about enough, um, you know, outside of it is, is Jimmy Morrissey from Pitt. I mean, he's a center. He learned how to play. Uh, all these different positions at the senior bowl extremely quickly. He's always been the overlooked guy with a chip chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, he was a walk on at Pitt, and you know, he got he. And, you know, I, you know, I was talking to him last week, and he was telling me how, hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I got a late invite to the senior bowl, and you know, I, I thought I was going to get an invite, you know, from the from the from the jump, but he sure. made the best of it, and that's what he's done his whole career. You could take a guy like that, and he could be your B.J. Finney for a few years. You'd be the guy, you know, oh, the Castro's down, plug Jimmy at guard, plug Jimmy the right guard, left guard, center. That could be the move this year is get two young guys you know, that can plug in and help you in the middle of the line, and then that addresses your depth for the next few years to come. Always sliding in the pit references when possible. Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, let's uh, Just one or two uh, bigger picture football NFL questions for you here, Chris, before I let you go. In your estimation, uh, I guess a two-part question here. One, where does J.J. Watt play his football next year? And two, where should he play his football next year? I think he does and he should play for, for Indianapolis next year. Um, you could stick it to the Texans by playing against the division rival. <laughs> um, Indianapolis has uh, a nice amount of cap space right now. If you project it to be $180 million, it's $69 million they got available right now. Um, so uh, I look at that and I say that makes a whole lot of sense because then you're on a defense with Darius Leonard. You're bringing the pain. Um, this is a young team. Now, they would need to still get a quarterback, but there's talk about maybe they get Carson Wentz. Maybe they get, an, maybe they get another guy. Maybe they trade up and draft a guy. But they are a team that's a quarterback and like a piece or two away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, and if I'm J.J., that would make a lot of sense because I could get paid Stick it to my, my, my old franchise, and I could you know have a shot to compete. Sure, and, and, you know that's the trifecta there. Um, and uh, you know the the thing with, with well, a lot of picture fans like, well, why wouldn't he just want to play with his brothers? I'm like, Listen, guys, it's a great story, <laughs> and I'm sure there, there's definitely sentimental value there. But sentimental value ain't the same as when you see all them zeros lining up for yep. your checks. <laughs> yep, and I gotta say, for a guy who's you know a little bit longer in the tooth. And playing in a dome in the controlled environments, that might yeah. uh, that might not be too shabby either. Chris, last one for you, buddy. Um, and this is another one that happened last week, but I, I you know, we, we chat every Monday. I, I wanted to pick your brain about this. Russell Wilson uh, made some waves last week on the Dan Patrick Show talking about how he would like to have more of a say in what they do on offense uh, from a schematic and a personnel standpoint. So I was just wondering your opinion. How much say should – franchise quarterbacks have with rosters and to maybe expand on that should it only be franchise quarterbacks you know like Brady like Russell Wilson guys like the Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes who have a say in those things or if it's I don't know maybe a guy like Aaron Donald maybe a guy like J.J. Watt was a few years ago how do you feel about franchise quarterbacks or star players having a say uh, in, in personnel and schematic decisions 
I've always felt that that players have a great sense of of what what should happen around them. And sometimes you have to judge for yourself and say, you know what, that guy's just really off the handle. But when someone displays the kind of responsibility, the kind of playmaking ability, and leadership talent that Russell Wilson has displayed, and again, that's him at quarterback. You know, Aaron Donald could be one of the, one of those guys. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if I was like, if I'm the Steelers back in like the early 2000s, if if, if Troy Polamalu said, "Yo, I need, I want this around me," I'd listen to Troy Polamalu. That's you know, one of the greatest safeties to ever play, and you got him in his prime. You know, you maybe listen to. Him. I, I think players should be heard in that situation, but. As a you know, as a coach and as a front office, you have to consider everything else. It's like, okay, how good is this guy? Like, for example, that's what the Steelers do with Ben Roethlisberger. He wanted Randy Feekner, he got Randy <laughs> Feekner. He wanted he wanted talents to throw to, he got talents to throw to. He wanted to sling the ball, he did sling the ball. It didn't work out, but they but they said, hey, we're gonna ride with this guy. We're gonna trust his judgment there. That's what Seattle has to ask themselves. Do we want to ride with what Russell Wilson thinks here? Because when they won the Super Bowl, it was because they had that Legion of Boom defense. They had Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson played great ball. And now he's played great ball since then, but now there ain't no great defense. There ain't no running game. <laughs> and, and and really, I mean, they've he's kind of I, I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are good. They're very talented guys, but I think that he's more on the end of making them than I think some people want to want to admit. And you have to ask yourself, how much could we build this offense around what Russell wants to do? And how much would it break the team? Because to me, if I'm Seattle, I'm still trying to get that defense back yeah. and, and, get, and get it to the point where it can shut people down. Man, they were really terrorize. good in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if, you can, if you can invest in that, that's tough. But you also want to protect Russell Wilson. He was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league last year. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to pre- preserve him as long as possible when you have a franchise quarterback. So to answer your question, I would definitely consider it. But then, again, you got to look at their talent level. Is this guy, you know, you wouldn't listen to, you know, Mitch Trubisky, you know, if he came in and said, hey, I want this. He's like, nah, bro, you don't, you don't got that kind of juice. But when Aaron Rodgers walks in the room and says, get me this guy, you better doggone well get him this guy or you're going to have him sitting every offseason saying, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year, which is where the Packers are right now. Who, buddy. It's always a lot to chew on and always great information from our friend of the show, friend in real life, Chris Carter. Read his work, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Listen to him here every Monday and, of course, on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you're a Steelers junkie and you're not subscribed to the Locked on Steelers podcast, well, then you're not a Steelers junkie. Chris, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate your time as always. We'll talk soon. Thanks so so much, Wes. There he is. That's my guy, Chris Carter, friend of the show, friend in Real life. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. One more time, all of our guests here on the show are brought to you by the FoxBet app. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And remember, you got to be 21 or older. On the other side here, I want to talk a little bit about Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, two of the most polarizing penguins at the moment. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Afternoon Delight presented by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan on ESPN Pittsburgh.